Welcome to the Action Catalyst, where we share inspiration and insights to help you get moving, overcome mediocrity, and move toward achieving your goals in life. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Dan Moore, your host, partner with Southwestern Consulting and president of Southwestern Advantage. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. Well, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Today, I am so excited that we're going to be spending some time with Warren Struhl. Warren has spent the last 28 years starting, nurturing, and building amazing businesses. One of the businesses that I'm most familiar with was actually his first business that he started called Paper Direct. He was only 28 years old, and he saw the potential of laser and inkjet printers, which were just becoming widely distributed. And that invention of specialty paper products, whether it's recognition, whether it's a certificate, whether it is just communicating or sending good news, created an entirely new industry. And Paper Direct became a $100 million business with over a million customers when Warren sold that business to a Fortune 500 company. Since that time in 1993, 15 years after starting it, Warren started, nurtured, invested in 30 or more companies, which he's documented in the book that he printed in 2011 titled Starting Them Up. Some of the most notable businesses include Popcorn Indiana, Paper Direct, Successories, White Cloud Consumer Products, Blue Moon Mexican, American Registry, and Vitals.com. His current business passion is My Photo, and My Photo is the world's easiest way to take any digital photo and make it into a handcrafted photo product for your walls, desk, or shelves. And his commercials can be seen nationally. It's exciting to talk to someone who has been recognized and honored by so many distinguished organizations. He's been named Entrepreneur of the Year in New Jersey by Ernst & Young and Entrepreneur of the Week by Yahoo Finance. He's written several articles on business, has had a column in Inc. Magazine, and has been featured in several news outlets, including CNBC, CNN, The Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and Fox Business. So Warren Struhl, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Thank you for having me today, Dan. It's exciting to think about someone at the young age of 28 having the vision to found a company that became Paper Direct and really created an entire industry by itself. What, what set of background experiences or awarenesses caused you to actually put those pieces together? Well, that's a great question. And um, I often reflect, of course, on my first business and how it all happened and why it happened. But I was, uh, at the time, in my 20s, working for a large real estate company in Chicago. And I remember the first day I started at the company, uh, the owner said to me, by the way, Warren, uh, work for me for a little while, and then you got to go out and make real money and go work for yourself. Go figure out what you're going to do, whether it's real estate or something else. And that comment to me resonated and stuck in my brain, my dad always was a small business owner and um, just felt like one day I was going to start something unsure about what that was. But about four years into my career at uh, JMB Realty in Chicago, um, we bought uh, for our marketing department a laser printer, which was brand new at the time. It was a $12,000 device. And we bought a new computer and we put something called desktop publishing software on the computer. And wow, we were able to do all kinds of awesome things on the screen for our newsletters, announcements, invitations, and all the collateral material. 
But when we hit the print button um, and printed it out on the flimsy off-white copier paper that we typically stole out of the traditional copier machine and put it in the laser printer tray, it just didn't look nearly as good as it did on the color screen. So my brother had been in an ancillary business in the office supply paper business, and I said, can I get some really interesting paper? I got this new machine. I want to load it up in the tray. Maybe you have parchment-looking paper or speckled paper or even neon paper. Can you get me some? And he said, it's impossible. The only way we can do that and source that is if you buy a pallet of it at the same at, at one time. And I said, no, no, I'm not interested in the pallet. I just want like 500 cheats just to see if my printer is going to work and it's going to look good. And finally convinced him to call his suppliers and um, source some sheets. And lo and behold, took a bunch of these 500 sheet reams, if you will, that were noted as samples, loaded in my laser printer. And the presentation that was on the screen now looked awesome on paper. And while it sounds a little bit uh, obvious today, well, back in 1998, it wasn't as obvious. And I went around with those samples and those presentations and I put a logo to the audience that I was presenting to, and they were all like, wow, like, how did you do that? That's so awesome. And they were so impressed with what I did. And make a long story short, that's what sparked an idea that I was probably not the only person that was um, would be interested in, in this and a way to eliminate going to the expensive typesetting and making long runs at a traditional printer back then and be able to produce these documents and newsletters um, in-house quickly. So I um, went to the guy that told me that I should start my own business and said, well, you told me four years ago that I should. I'm coming to you to tell you that I am. I have an idea. Oh, by the way, will you be my first investor? And I started Paper Direct shortly thereafter with, uh, with uh, him and, and some other friends that invested with me and believed in me. And in 1989, started it and uh the rest is history in my entrepreneurial career incredible story because you not only had the wisdom and the foresight but you were persistent and when your own brother says no you got to buy a pallet and you kept working with him and working with him until you could get those samples to me it's a great episode of persistence and giving yourself the vision and not letting go of that vision well i think uh one of the lessons that i've learned is you got to walk through walls if you want to be an entrepreneur and if you're not willing to walk through walls and don't take no for an answer. You should you should not be in this business of starting things up and being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Well, in the early stage with a, a really a new industry that you were creating, there must have been some perception problems that people had, even though they saw the finished product and said, well, how does that really apply to me? What were some ways that you got that idea across to people that had never really thought in those terms before? Well, in terms of building a customer base, you know, we... Um, started uh, selling the product via catalog. And um, we thought that if we target people that we believe bought, on to, bought into desktop publishing and laser printing early, that they would have the same mindset that we, that we had. And um, we started mailing catalogs. We didn't know anything about it. We hired a consultant to teach us something. And that one catalog, this is obviously way before the internet, that catalog, by the time I was uh, about to sell the business, we were shipping, sending about 70 million catalogs a year. We had 1 million customers in 1993 that believed uh, that uh, in our product because they were customers. 
And um, we were able to sell it in 1993 based on uh, an idea that was differentiated. Uh, along the way, a lot of people laughed, which is, I think, one of the key success factors in my life. And I think in most entrepreneurs' life is when you tell people your business idea, if you don't get a reaction, and sometimes of that is absolutely ridiculous or laughter, you're probably not onto something. I often see that the most polarizing ideas are the ones that absolutely win. Um, you know, if you told me to invest in Airbnb, I always use that as an example, and someone was going to rent out rooms in their house and they weren't going to steal underwear out of the drawer, all the rest. I mean, I, 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 you know, that, that elicited a lot of, are you crazy? But I think if you look back at a lot of companies, it's always, it's always about that. And Paper Direct was similar because I was shipping 100 sheets of paper by mail when the industry was based around either 5,000 sheets at a time, which you could buy in a, you know, in, a big bo- in a big carton at the time, or pallets and train loads and truckloads. So people thought I was crazy shipping 100 sheets and the paper mills wouldn't even sell to me in the beginning because they thought I was delusional. And of course, when I was shipping 10 to 15,000 orders a day in my factory out the door, they, of course, begged me to come and see what the heck I was doing. Absolutely true. So there were several things that you did that other people didn't do. One was that you knew you could do a tailored, smaller package to consumers, which would make it easier for them to accept. And you also had to talk to people about having a different perspective on what printed products could actually look like. To me, what's really amazing, Warren, is that in... If I am correct, you made the product available for the first time in 1989, and you sold Paper Direct just four years later. Is is that right? That is correct. That is astounding to grow to a million customers, 70 million catalogs in just four years' time, and it shows the true revolutionary nature and your willingness to walk through walls. Congratulations. Thank you. We went from $1 million in sales to over $70 million in sales in four years with just a million dollars of capital. Well, I would say that's a very, very good return on capital. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And when you spoke about when you tell people your idea and there's no laughter, it's probably not a revolutionary idea. I think that's a fantastic way to think. Uh, Walt Disney legendarily would talk to his closest advisors about something new, and if they all disagreed with it, he knew it was a perfect idea and he went on with it. I love it. (laughs) There's a lot to be said with some of the great companies today that are selling consumer products. Um, And if you look at them and you'd say, wow, you know, that was a dumb idea when it started. And uh, you can include Uber in that and you can include Airbnb and a bunch of others that just didn't make a lot of sense in the beginning. But when you started to see success, all of a sudden everybody realizes how brilliant it really was. Right. Well, for you to be able to do that at such a young age, it's truly visionary. I think that's one of the more remarkable things. You always wanted to be an entrepreneur, wanted to have your own business. You got this good input and advice from the head of the real estate company. But to be able to act on that at the age of 28 took a lot of courage and took a lot of commitment. Thank you. I think it's fantastic. Now, as you've continued from that point and you've started companies, you've nurtured, you've invested, some 30 different companies now, what are some of the things that you think about if you were to start another company and what are things you think about as an investor in a company? Well, I think there's, um, there's absolutely no, no secret sauce, clearly. And as, as you mentioned, I've done it close to 30 times, both starting my own companies as well as investing. Um, I, I think the um, couple core observations and learnings 
over the 28 years in no particular order is number one, um, your idea really does have to be um, well thought out. Um, it has to be a little bit unique. Um, you have to ask a lot of people what they think and, and listen. And whether you have laughter or whether you have constructive criticism or whether you have, wow, this is the greatest idea ever, you got to listen to people and what they say. And, and don't get defensive. They don't like it. It's okay. But listen to what they have to say and see if there's really a need for that particular idea. I think once you then go through and figure out the idea, I think it's, you know, again, it's all about people. I mean, it really, I know it sounds trite. I know people say that, but boy, if you don't have people that are obsessed, not passionate, not excited, but obsessed about walking through a wall to be successful, your chances are just diminished because entrepreneurship and startups are hard. Many fail, most fail. And it comes really down to a great idea and people that will walk through a wall. And if you have that, it's just absolutely critical. And number three, I think, as I look back, is so few companies that I've been involved with um, really end up exactly as they planned. And um, the business plan has to be adapted all the time. One of my companies, Popcorn Indiana, started out um, and 17 years ago, as I wanted to make a company that was the Starbucks of popcorn and um, opened up stores. And I thought that it was the greatest way to take Starbucks concept to the next level where you can go to the local popcorn Indiana store, have a bowl of popcorn with friends, share some, you know, have some lemonade and share some laughter. But at the end of the day, um, it, I had a zig and zag when I saw a bigger opportunity, and that was Walgreens in particular knocked on our door and said, we love your kettle corn. Um, would you be able to make enough for us for 8,000 stores? And we did. And that turned the business into, hey, let's go into the wholesale manufacturing business instead of retail. And we completely changed course in that business. So I think the third one is the ability to zig and zag, don't believe your own BS, that you have to stay a certain course, listen to your customers, and be flexible. And lastly, I guess I would say, sometimes, unfortunately, you have to know when to hold them and when to fold them, as Kenny Rogers used to say in a song, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the business idea, as smart as it is, is just not working. And you try, and even though you're willing to walk through a wall, Sometimes you have to just look in the mirror and say, here are the three reasons why it's not working. I thought it would be different. And you move on to the next. Don't spend your life trying to figure out something that may not be monetizing the way you thought after you've tried, you know, different variations. So those are the some of the core aspects of sort of what I live by and what I've seen in so many years. I think those are brilliant observations. I hope you write a book on those subjects. Each one of those would have a very special set of chapters. Yeah. Uh, what's impressive to me, Warren, is that you have an innate sense of humility, despite the tremendous success you have. You use phrases like, get your ego out of the way, be willing to listen, take advice, uh, be willing to zig and zag, know when to let go of an idea. And sometimes people's egos get in the way of common sense. 
and you've got that ability to say, no, it's not about me. It's about what we're trying to accomplish. It's very impressive. Thank you. I think that's amazing. Well, along the way, you, of course, have taken businesses from startup phase with you and a little bit of venture capital initially on, uh, on Paper Direct. How do you go about choosing people to expand your business with? In other words, there's limits to what any one individual can do, but there's no limit to what the right kind of team can get done. What do you look for when you start adding people to your team? Well, um, I guess I'll take you fast forward to today. Uh, my, my, my passion today is my photo. Started that business. Um, actually, uh, the original generation was about six years ago. Ironically, it started out as a retail concept as well, and now it's all digital primarily driven by television. Um, and, you know, we built the business and zigged and zagged and uncovered uh, early on that there was a need for the business. And the team that I had from the start, some are still here, some are not. But the ones that are here today, um, most of them are folks that actually have never been through wars. They've never really been through entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, they are not rigid. They're not littered with um, big corporate America thought processes. And they're more innovative and, and out-of-the-box thinkers. So I think um, the most important thing for me is to have a balance in a business like this. Of course, certain functions have to have people that have grounded knowledge and experience in certain areas. But having a mix of others that have um, less rules written about what they have to do, you know, don't follow the herd. Um, just because some people have done it this way in selling a consumer product doesn't mean the world isn't different today. And I think it's imperative to have on a team, and I'm blessed at my photo, to have a team with people that... Um, some think in the box, which is always okay, which is always needed, and something something way out of the box. And I think that's how we've landed on really disrupting the photo products industry and on our way to making my photo a verb and having people say, did you my photo that image, that memory that you just took today? And um, shipping thousands of orders a day right now um, has proven that traditional advertising and traditional strategy uh, doesn't always work because we've zigged and zagged and are doing different things than other folks in the industry have done and tapping into new markets that other people were not tapping into before because, again, I think we look at the world differently and not just as tradition. Mm-hmm. I like what you said, the combination between people that have the necessary business skills and then people that come in with fresh perspectives. I'm sure the two of those battle it out once in a while and you get a chance to be the, the referee and then declare both as the winners. Yep. I think that's outstanding. Um, along the way, on this incredibly stellar career and journey you've been on, Warren, I know that you've also hit what you would call brick walls, where you couldn't see around them, over them, under them, not sure how you get through them. What was your mindset or what, what set of traits have you adopted to think clearly when you're faced with something that seems like an insurmountable setback? It could be anything from lack of money to lack of, of progress in your technology, team, any ideas like that? So, yeah, those, 
<laughs> those happen to the best of us. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have some winners and some losers. I think that um, when you go into an endeavor um, that is a startup and new, um, you have to be honest with yourself and say, yes, you're going to make it and you're going and, and to succeed. But at the end of the day, you also have to be realistic that as great as your idea is, it's hard. And I think if you go in there, think if you go doing that, thinking that to some degree, to some degree, you know, 5% of your brain power, always knowing that there'll be challenges. You don't go in with just everything's going to be perfect because no business startup is perfect. None, zero. Um, I think that you come to the realization when you do hit um, the potholes, and I like to always tell my team, guys, of course we're going to have potholes. And let's recognize when we have potholes quickly, how to zig and zag around that pothole or fix the pothole with some cement. But let's just try to recognize that we don't want craters, right? The big ones, we don't want to fall off. We don't want to fall into a crater. So if you fix the potholes, you move on, you, you pick your chin up and you bring your team together, you go out for a nice dinner and you say, okay, guys, what are we going to do? How do, how do we fix the problem that we are endeavoring? Those are the problems that everybody goes through. And then the, the craters, unfortunately, people do have craters. And sometimes, and, and oftentimes, you just have to recognize that the crater is here. No one's interested in your product like you thought. You ran out of money because for some reason it was um, harder to raise money for your vision, even though you're passionate. And you got to make some really hard decisions. You got to lay people off. You got to change your infrastructure costs, or sometimes, as I mentioned, you just got to say, "Hey, I tried." And there are a couple of of, of those in my in my book, a couple of those in my in my history that I look around and say, "It should have worked, but it didn't work because of blank." And I try as hard as I can during while I'm in the heat of the battle, as well as afterwards, to look in the mirror as hard as I can and say, "What what would I have done different? What would I have done different? What can I learn from that?" And I'd like to believe that as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit smarter along the way. Um, and I think it's just recognizing that stuff is going to go wrong and, and deal with it appropriately and not put your head in, in between your legs and get your team together and be open and honest about it. That openness with the team, uh, not every business leader thinks that that's the best way to go forward because they think if people get discouraged because of this reality, they're going to lose faith. They're going to lose confidence. It seems like you believe that that transparency, that openness, asking the team's input and making them a part of the solution is really the key. I believe so. I think that's absolutely awesome. Um, is there a sort of a problem-solving methodology that you tend to go through? You've done some new things with technology that nobody had done before, some new things with marketing. You've actually taken on some fairly established industries and and jujitsu them to their knees, which is pretty exciting. Um, do you have a, a specific set of steps that you try to go through in dealing with, with problems and the unexpected, not just those brick walls? Well, I, I, one of the things that we always do is we try to uh, be ahead of the market in terms of understanding um, um, what are the potential roadblocks we're going to hit. So as I entered into my new season at my photo, which is the first really big holiday season, we listed everything that can go wrong. Everything. The internet's going to go down. We're going to run out of product. 
something's uh, in manufacturing is not going to work. Uh, marketing is going to explode. I mean, lots of different things. And we put a list on the board and we try to tackle as best as we could early on. What are the potential things, and including, by the way, a fire, which we actually had a month ago. And we said, well, we're glad we talked about it. Thank God it wasn't that bad, right? But I think if you outline the potential pitfalls beforehand and think it through, what could go wrong and stretch the imagination, even though it's pretty scary, I think when those things happen, it'll be easier to deal with because you've already talked about them. And of course, there's going to be the unexpected. But if you've talked them through and you understand there are going to be pitfalls, it's really helpful. And it prepares you psychologically, if nothing else, that there are going to be pitfalls and you you have a better mindset when you do hit, hit that wall of an issue. Right. And that problem anticipation that you go through, that's a team process, right? It's not just you with a sheet of paper or a whiteboard. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to get people that are going to be engrossed in that in that problem when and if it arises and um, tackle it together and, 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 and make sure you don't call the red alert. I call it the red alert around here um, and, and try to eliminate the red alerts uh, that have not been discussed before. Because again, every business has red alerts, but you know, you know, the old SWOT analysis still holds true, which is, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And I still hold to that because if you really do that in every business, whatever phase you're in, you'll be best prepared mm -hmm. for issues. It is a tried and true methodology, uh, but what you add to it is the team focus so that they are all engaged in the solutions as well as identifying the problems. Yep. I think that's awesome. Um, it's also possible, Warren, that when people have the level of success that you've had, particularly when you achieved it at such a young age, some people have a tendency to drift into complacency, the sense of, oh, I've kind of arrived, it's all good, let's just sit back and enjoy life. But strongly, the sense that you convey is that, no, that's not at all how you're motivated. What do you do to fight that tendency toward complacency or, or mediocrity or the feeling of, okay, I'm there, I've done it all, I've arrived, I'm great? Well, I, I guess I'm, on a personal note, I'm driven every day um, to work harder and, and, and be a capitalist during the day and make as much money as I can so I can give back more. And I think that principle of wanting a never-ending amount of dollars so I can give back to society mm -hmm. in different ways is a main driver of mine. And that will keep me going for a lot of years. I'm 56 now. I hope to be doing this for a, a long time. And I think that uh, that alone keeps me supercharged. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing some of the, the causes that you're particularly passionate about supporting and helping? Well, we are, uh, my family and I are blessed to be involved in our community in a lot of different ways and different organizations. Uh, we do a lot of things overseas particularly in Israel, where we're very involved in a children's orphanage for many years, where there's 160 awesome children that are being raised there. Um, and there's uh, lots of other causes that we've uh, been involved with over the years, a lot of educational uh, institutions, a lot, that we're uh, very close to. And um, mm -hmm. we have a uh, never-ending thirst to give back which I think is phenomenal, and it does motivate everything that you do during the day and also makes you feel like you can sleep well at night knowing you're making a difference around the world. Exactly.
think it's great. Um, Warren, a lot of our listeners are, are primarily interested in things like mindset and, and self-motivators. Um, is there any particular system of self-talk that you practice or sources of inspiration that you consult on a regular basis? I listen to, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, I, um, you know, going back a little bit, I was uh, blessed to own a company called Successories, mm -hmm. which my good friend Mac Anderson started almost 30 years ago. It's the company that um, invented motivational posters that adorn many, many, many offices in America today. Um, I bought that company, as I mentioned, 10 years ago, and through that time um, of ownership, really um, appreciated more and more about motivation and inspiration and believe that there's so many sources of that. Um, you can read, you can write, you can listen. I think about the end of the day, um, you know, that's a part of it for people. But at the end of the day, you either have to have a DNA of wanting it of wanting it and being inspired and being motivated and being charged up when you come to work and want to do the best you can, or you're not, mm -hmm. you can, you can, you can do all those things that you, that, you know, to learn all about that. But, you know, more than 50% of it, maybe 80% of it is how your DNA is, is, and, and is your DNA wired to be motivated and inspired to do whatever you want to do in life. And those are the kind of people that I look for. Those are the kind of people that I think are the, uh, that, that are the most successful entrepreneurs of our day, the people that um, truly are um, motivated for whatever reason, whether it's money or power or, or give back, et cetera. It's, it's people that are wired and, some people that are the people that are not wired, you can read as many books as you want and podcasts as you want to listen to, but you're still not going to get to the next step. So it's a combination of being wired like that and recognizing that you are. And if you are or not, trying to get more inspired, motivated by reaching out and learning and studying um, you know, from lots of different prolific sources. I think it's awesome. And, and as you said early on, it's kind of good that not everybody's wired that way. Otherwise, nobody would make sure the doors are locked and the bills are paid and the files are organized and all the rest. Exactly. Exactly. So it takes a mix of people to build an amazing business, which is great. Yep. Um, Warren, the other common thread that I noticed from your, your very first business, Paper Direct, and then also with my photo, is you're helping people create memories. You know, I can remember using Paper Direct products for recognition and people don't tend to throw those away. And with my photo, these are things that are personal to people and they're gonna put them on their walls and they're gonna make that work for them. Do you hear back from your customers or do they send you images of how they've used your products and just gives you a real rush of satisfaction? Yeah, I mean, it's really what, what, what so hyper excites me about my photo. Um, the industry opportunity is so large, so few people this year have taken their best picture off their phone and made it into something permanent. As we like to say, it's sort of caught in the digital quicksand mm -hmm. on your phone and you never you sort of never look at it. So um, the ability that we've given people to make that memory in the moment, sometimes when you're with your family at the beach and you took that great picture and physicalize it with literally, you know, zero hassle in one minute of your time. Um, 
has caused many hundreds of thousands of people to love us and the experience and thank us because we've enabled them to do something that historically they've thought of. Um, some of them have done photo books, but they know photo books are really hard and challenging. It's a Sunday afternoon project. And we brought to the market something really simple. And um, as you may have seen, it's just it's, it's a patented technology that revolves around an email. All somebody has to do is email a photo to one, two, three at myphoto.com. And we send you back a email with that photo that you sent in on already on products that look amazing. And literally from that email, you can buy any one of those products. So there's no complicated uploading or headbanging, as we like to say. We do the work for you. You hit, click a button and there you go. And um, we offer free shipping. We get it to you within five days or less. So we really have caused a lot of smiles um, with our customers and a ton of fan mail. And if you go on our website, you'll see the incredible accolades about how we created a special moment and often emotionally charged special moment for our customers. It's pretty exciting. And it's a lot what keeps my team really, really psyched every day. That is so awesome, Warren. It's going beyond the dollars and cents, and it's going into influencing people's lives in a really positive way. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And people can take a look at that just at myphoto.com, right? Well, you can go to myphoto.com, or you can, as I said, just email any photo to see how that magic works, and just email a photo to 123 at myphoto.com. Wait less than a minute. You'll get an email back from us, and anybody can do it anybody. You could be a millennial or you could be my mom and her friends who are in their 80s. So it was made for everybody. Any level of technology use can use this. I love that. So the 65 photos of my great dessert last night, I can commemorate the best one finally instead of having them all lost and looking together. Pick the best one and do it. Try it out. <laughs> I think it's fabulous. Warren, time with you goes immensely quickly. I want to thank you on behalf of all of our listeners for your unselfishness, for sharing, and above all, for making a difference in so many lives in such a positive way. My honor to uh, spend some time with you, Dan, and appreciate the invitation today and um, wish you a, uh, a great day and holiday season. You bet. Here's a great holiday season for my photo as well. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Warren Struhl. What an amazing entrepreneurial success story and what a difference maker he's been to the lives of so many people. To have the vision at the age of 28 to pull together a relatively new technology and understand the personal uses that could mean to individuals when he got together the resources and the brain power and above all the hard work to start Paper Direct. Just fantastic. A couple of things that I took out of that. He said for an entrepreneur, when they tell other people their idea and if there's no lacticism, then maybe it's not that great an idea. And that was a really interesting way to look at things. Uh, he revolutionized sourcing the papers initially. He revolutionized how it were marketed to individuals. And I'm sure that many people said there's no way that that's going to happen, but, but he did it. And he's been an inspiration to people because of that. To grow the company so quickly and then to never get complacent or, or self-satisfied and continue to start other firms. Uh, leaping forward nearly 30 years to my photo, 
again, it's focused on taking an existing technology, an existing need that people have, in this case, do something with all the masses of digital photos that people keep on their phones, and almost instantaneously and very simply give them a way to commemorate that, keep that, and in this process, building a tremendous business himself. A couple of the main takeaways that I got when he was talking about the the businesses that succeed and the individuals that succeed in that. He said, there's no secret sauce. His core observations, first of all, the idea has to be well thought through. It has to be a unique idea. And the people have to have been willing to listen, to hear the skeptics, to hear the feedback and to not get defensive. In my experience, watching people that have ideas, defensiveness is one of the reasons that they don't move forward with it. They're not willing to accept that input. So that was the first point that he talked about. Uh, Second, it's really about the individual the individual who is literally obsessed with the idea and willing to walk through walls because business and growing a business from scratch isn't easy. We've heard that over and over from our guests. And so the willingness to walk through walls if necessary. Third, realize a business many times doesn't end up at all the way you envisioned it, but to be willing to zig and zag, as he puts it, to make changes. And the great example is popcorn at Walgreens. That was not their initial conception, but it's become highly, highly successful. And also the awareness of knowing when to hold them and when to fold them. Uh, That's at some point, the idea simply doesn't make sense and you've got to pull out of that. And it takes a discipline, it takes some willingness to do that. He's a real believer in teamwork. Uh, He tries to combine teams with visionary people that have out of the box thinking with people that are very much in the box because that's how a business can remain profitable. When faced with a brick wall, be totally honest with yourself. It's, It's hard, of course it's gonna be hard. No business starts as perfect. Uh, they use the phrase potholes. And when there's a pothole in the road in front of us, we try to avoid it. We know we can fill them in and fix them. What we don't want to do is to fall into a gigantic pit. And that can sometimes happen with potholes and sinkholes. So the awareness of that, he says he'll pull his team together over dinner and then say, all right, here's the situation. What do we do? And we've got to figure out what we can do. Now, my sense also is that Warren is constantly learning. Even in the heat of battle, he says, what could have gone differently? What could have changed here? so that he can make some really phenomenal changes as he moves forward and with other businesses as well. Uh, He's a believer in thinking ahead, listing all these potential problems that might occur, anticipating them, and having contingency plans, again, as a team. The time-honored technique of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, put on a big whiteboard with the input of really smart people, can help anticipate and lay plans in place that help a company become nimble and able to deal with those obstacles as they occurred. Uh, he's a real believer in giving. You could tell that. When I asked him, how do you avoid complacency or the sense of mediocrity? Really simple answer. He says, the more money we make, the more money we can give. And that is a real focus for him. You can totally tell how involved they are with organizations and making a difference with what they do. Uh, He's a believer in self-motivators, whether it's podcasts, inspirational phrases, uh, successories is a prime example, but also just realizing that there's a DNA of being motivated that people recognize from a fairly early point in their life if they've got that self-motivated drive or if somebody's always having to lead them and push them into things. He really believes that 50 to 80% of entrepreneurial success is DNA of being motivated, which is so key. So one of the exciting things about this visit that we've had with Warren Struhl is that he's always growing, he's always focused, and he is willing to put up new ideas and even to take old ideas and rework them until something great happens. And I can tell there's going to be many more amazing things come from him. Again, his latest business is My Photo. You can take a look at it. Just send a photo, 123 at myphoto.com, and give it a try. 
So we really appreciate Warren being on the Action Catalyst today. I'm encouraged and encourage you to take these points to heart, make it a phenomenal week. Thank you.